The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The gun guy, Guy Relford, host of The Gun Guy Show, licensed firearms instructor and 2A attorney joining us. How are you, Guy? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at fortlibertyfirearms.com. A number of places we could uh, start here. Let's start with Biden's budget that he's trying to get through, which is probably DOA when it gets to the House anyway. But... What's what's in there for gun owners and two A supporters? Oh well, nothing. Uh, <laughs> all right, thanks for that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what's in there: fear and paranoia. Uh, that's what's in this, uh, and, and I'll tell you why. And it's because they continue to want to throw a lot more money uh, at ATF in particular. And um, as you guys and I have talked about, uh, ATF has become a really scary agency these days. They really have, um, from the point where they you know they wanted to. Uh, to n- nominate and confirm this this crazy man David Chipman, remember that guy? Uh, oh, yeah. And he actually he was even too yeah. radical for you know for the the for the ATF. Let it, that it sink out. in. He yeah. was too out of control yeah. for the Biden administration. To, and the to ATF. confirm, that's right. He's a Waco uh, guy, but, right? Yeah, but but it, yeah, exactly. But it's 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 still bad. ATF has gone from an agency that, to a large degree, was there to assist the the gun industry to help, for instance, gun stores stay on the right side of the law. And they're really, and they'll tell you that their mission statement anymore when it comes to regulating gun stores, for instance, is to try to find some excuse to put otherwise law-abiding uh, businesses out of business. And, 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 and they'll tell you that. And it's scary. And the, the, the kind of confiscation cases I have, you know, somebody who just had a private collection uh, who, uh, there's not even an argument he broke the law, came and, and confiscated 300 guns out of this house. And, and now we're going to have to sue him to, to get this guy's guns back. So anyway, ATF is, has become, and, and I'm not a guy who throws these words around easily, uh, and I'm sure that the rank and file, there are a lot of good, solid people. Yeah. But man, from the top down, um, their, their marching orders anymore are, are pretty scary because it's to go after, I think, in a lot of times, just law-abiding uh, gun owners. And this budget, you look at the amount of ATF agents and FBI agents, yeah. too, uh, because with the FBI, Joe Biden and his staff knows they cannot repeal the Second Amendment, and it's going to be very hard for them to do a lot of things they want. So they're going to do their damnedest to do these back alley ways to make it harder for gun owners. Well, well that's exactly the point, Jason. And, you know, we, we heard uh, years ago uh, this so-called Operation Choke Point, right? That was the Obama administration who said, you know what, we're just going to attack the gun industry financially. And and, and they talked to, into a lot of banks and insurance companies into refusing to do business with the gun industry. Um, and that's continuing. And, you know, and I think we're going to talk about this business where um, the it, International Association uh, for Standardization has created uh, this new uh, uh, credit card code to where if you use your credit card at a at a gun store, that that shows up and, and is ident- identifies that purchase as having been made at a gun store. Why why would they want to do that? There's an excuse for doing it, um, but I'll tell you the real reason, and it's to at the end of the day allow credit card companies to start simply not authorizing those purchases, and and, and you can put 
gun stores out of business that way. And the other is to, to regulate the gun industry into submission, to litigate it into submission, um, and to catch uh, law-abiding gun stores, gun retailers, with some minor little bookkeeping error and, and revoking their federal firearms licenses. And, and that's exactly the agenda of this administration. Are you saying, and I think we talked about it before, are you saying these companies are, are, are aggregating and, and collecting data and sending it to uh, the ATF? Or yes, and well, and our own Indiana Metropolitan Police Department is doing the same thing. Where if they, if if you if you have a wreck, uh, and you know you're an innocent victim of somebody else t-boning you, and you have a gun in your car, and if IMPD then impounds your vehicle and and they, they take that gun into their property room, they're running ballistics on it. They're running the serial number, and they're sending sending all that information into the ATF. But what also is going on, this this credit card business, these are gun control groups. This is the Brady campaign, and Moms Demand Action, and and the other Bloomberg organizations, and some anti-anti-gun legislators like Elizabeth Warren went to this international organization for standardization and said, we want you to create this code that, that where we where we can identify, and the credit card industry can identify, any purchase made at a gun store. And the ostensible reason was, is we, well, we want to flag potentially suspicious purchasers to maybe catch an active shooter or the next mass shooter. Well, get this. What you buy at the gun store isn't identified. It's what you spent and that you spent it at a gun store. So if I go buy a gun safe, if I buy this big, beautiful, yeah. large gun safe for $4,000 at a gun store, it, right? And Because I want to be a safe, responsible gun owner and store my gun securely. All it shows up is Guy Relford spent $4,000 at XYZ gun store. It could be $4,000 in ammo. It could be $4,000 in AR-15s. Or it could be a $4,000 gun safe. The transaction isn't specific. Specific. Exactly. So how do you use that information to track a potential mass shooter? That is bizarre. It's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's impossible, and they know it. They're creating this code. I'll tell you right now. So the credit card companies that more and more and more are woke and anti-2A, I know because I have credit card processors who refuse to do business with me, as a firearms instructor. I don't sell guns. <laughs> and they don't want to do business you with me. You teach people how to be safe with a firearm. Yes. And they still give you crap. Yes. And so it's a deliberate effort to identify these purchases so at the end of the day, they can simply not authorize those purchases. I want to use my four, my debit card to buy my $4,000 safe. Declined. When did we talk to Richard Essex from Wish TV? Was that last week? I think it was the, early uh, last week. Okay. Yeah. It was after we talked to you and they ran the story about how... Um, and this has really nothing to do with the IMP police officers. The no, story it's the policy was, of the IMPD brass and how they, the property room handles guns. But this is a no, it's not the rank and file IMPD yeah, officer. It has nothing to do with this. It, kind of the administrating of, of yeah, confiscation of guns right. and how, like this, the story about the guy that his, his, his truck or his car got towed and he just right. happened to have his gun in there three years later. He still. He still yes. hasn't gotten no, no. it out because and, of the policy. And, and if you saw that story, I was interviewed yeah. extensively in that, and Richard and I worked closely on that story. Now, I, right now, my mom, my 91-year-old mother has a gun in the IMPD property room. No. Yes. Yeah, IMPD, her name's Joanne Carson. Look it up. <laughs> okay? She has a gun in the IMPD property room. They will not give my mom her gun back, and, and it, it's there because um, some dirtbag employee of hers took her gun and then got pulled over and got arrested no and that is now on his way to prison and they took the gun out of out of out of my a car my mom owns a car my mom legally bought because this scumbag took it 
it went to the property room. They will not give it back to her uh, because she can't show her original receipt of when she bought the gun 20 years ago. And IMPD says, nope, sorry, yeah. you can't You can't have your... Well, wait a minute. You took it out of my vehicle. <laughs> yes. You know, I'll tell you the gun store I bought it at. You can go verify that. Sorry, you can't show us an original receipt. You don't get your gun back. Nobody has the original receipts, do they? Is that uh, a common thing? You know, I don't know how many guns I own, but I I, I, I don't know. I get. I, if I have three receipts, I'd be shocked. Right. Man, we're not bashing the IMPD here. Don't, don't get us wrong, but that policy seems a bit antiquated and, and very uh, cumbersome. The for, IMPD brass yes. that, that has this policy deserves to be bashed yeah. on this on this okay. point. Okay? Because the other thing is, if, if I'm, like, that gun that, that, that my mom has in the property room, okay, 91 years old, they, I'll guarantee you, it's their protocol. They ran ballistics on it. They test fired it. They collected the, the the shell casing and the projectile from test firing it. They ran it through their computer system. They they they, they kept a record yeah. of all that information from my mom's gun and then sent it to the ATF in Washington D.C. to go into their databases. And there's no Man. evidence whatsoever that gun was used in a crime. We so, need to get Mama Relford on the show. We got to get the gun mom in here, the gun guy, the gun mom well, in here well, together. You know what? I know Allison's really good on the dump button because mom, mom, mom can light you up with some f bombs, and you, you get her, you get a little, a little riled up, and uh, Allison would have to be quick on the old dump button. Oh, that'd be awesome. Mom, mom can uh, can let it fly. So, is there any you know, constitutional wise though? Yes, I mean, Fourth Amendment. You know, because that's a search. That's a search because you know my gun. If there's no there's no suggestion, no evidence that it was it was used in the commission of a crime, right? Um, then why are you running a search on my gun? Why does why, why without a warrant? Why don't you need a warrant to test fire it and do and run all these other tests and then collect that data and keep that data in a database? With a law-abiding woman with no criminal history whatsoever, 91 years old, is being treated the same way that uh, that, that a, a gun owner whose gun is found at a murder scene with him as the principal suspect. And I thought it was interesting what you said on that report from Richard Essex on, on Wish TV was that, like, you know, you've had people come in and, like, want to sue. Yeah. But it's like, wait, how much is your gun worth right. versus how much you charge in your retainer fee? Right, and I'm cheap, right? I mean, I'm, my, I, my, my hourly rate's pretty darn low, but uh, what would it cost to sue IMPD to, to get a gun back yeah, out of there? It's going to be more than the five or 600 bucks than, than, than your gun's worth. So what are all these guns doing that are just sitting in the room at IMPD? They just sit there and collect dust? And rust. Yeah, because they're also horrible at how they maintain their guns down there. Um, but yeah, and and well, and and that's why, Jason. According to IMPD, as reported by Richard Essex, there are twenty one thousand guns <laughs> in the IMPD property room in the basement of the city county building. Twenty one thousand. That's a lot. That's a big number right there, Guy. Yeah, it is. Guy Relford, the gun guy with us. So last weekend, I believe it was last weekend, comedian, actor Mike Epps. Day Day. Indianapolis product, Day Day in the Day second Day. Friday movie. <laughs> uh, he was getting ready to fly out of Indy and go back home. He has a firearm. It had some ammo inside of it, and he forgot to check that at the airport. Next thing you know, you know, TMZ's got the story. Mike Epps has to, I don't know if he has to, but he makes a video where he apologizes to his fans, but at the same time says, the reason I have my weapon is I carry cash. I've got a lot of jewelry. Stay strapped, basically, was his message. People are crazy. 
You see this kind of thing all the time, though. I do. I, I probably get maybe a dozen or so cases a year. Um, and let's make sure that, and, and you described it well, Hammer, but just so uh, people know what we're talking about, it's not illegal to have a gun anywhere in the airport. So, right? So, I, if I'm going to pick my son up, uh, I can carry my gun. I can carry it into the airport. Now, I'm, I'm going to make sure it's concealed. I won't make anybody nervous. Um, but at the end of the day, it's legal to have a gun in the airport. It's illegal to either have a gun in your checked bags that you fail to disclose and declare. And, there's, and there are TSA regulations on exactly how to car- uh, carry a gun, to, to, uh, to have a gun and travel with a gun in your carry-on bags. Secondly, it's illegal to have any firearm, uh, any deadly weapon, in the secure area of the airport, meaning when you're going through security. Yeah. Right. So, in other words, you can't have it in your carry-on or on your person when you go to go through security to to get on the airplane. And what happens? Approaching a hundred times a year, right here in Indianapolis at at our airport, is that somebody will have a gun in a backpack, a briefcase, uh, gym bag, whatever it is. And, you know, it's something they have in there for other reasons. They get a quick trip that comes up. They forget the guns in there for whatever reason. They, you know, throw some 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 clothes. And it happens a lot with guys who travel a lot, men and women who travel for business. Or maybe somebody that doesn't know the law. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. And, and you know, and, and so they'll go, oh, man, I got a quick trip. Got to go, you know, fly up to Chicago, throw some, you know, some stuff in a in your in your backpack and head to the airport. And, uh, and that's illegal. It's a Class A misdemeanor to knowingly and intentionally have a gun in the secure area of the airport past that first checkpoint where you show that first TSA person your uh, ID and your boarding pass. However, the law says knowing and intentional. Okay. Right? If it's an accident, you're not guilty of the crime. And what actually happened a few years ago, the Court of Appeals took a case where a guy had a, had a great excuse. His wife had borrowed um, his uh, his. Uh, backpack to go to the gym with, or excuse me, to go to the range with girlfriends, left her gun in his backpack, never told him (laughs) that she had borrowed his backpack. And there's no way this guy knew or could have known this gun's in his his backpack. He gets a quick business trip that comes up, he grabs his backpack, packs some stuff, heads to the airport. And it's a little side pocket you wouldn't necessarily think to check. He goes through security, they go, oh, there's a gun in here. He then, under the old policy of the Marion County Prosecutor's Office, he gets prosecuted. He gets charged with a Class A misdemeanor. He says, "Hey, this wasn't intentional. My my wife did this to me, and you know, and and he's not mad at her, but he's got a legitimate excuse. And so he wants a trial. So they have a bench trial, meaning not a jury, just the judge. And the judge from the bench on the record says, "Sir, I believe you, because the wife came in and testified. Totally my fault. He didn't know I used his backpack." He goes, I understand. I think this was an accident. I think this was innocent on your part. But the way I read the statute, you're still guilty. Goes up to the Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals said, hold on. The trier of fact, the judge, because there's no jury, said on the record that this was accidental and unintentional. The statute says knowing and intentional, you're not guilty. And so what happened is the Marion County Prosecutor's Office in the last two and a half years or so has actually changed their protocols where if you're represented by counsel, They'll bring you in. They don't. They don't want to bring you in when you're not represented. If it goes south, they don't want to be accused of, of of taking advantage of somebody. But if you're represented, they'll bring you in. They'll hear your story of how the gun inadvertently, accidentally, you know, ended up in your carry-on. If they believe you, they don't really think you're, you know, Al Qaeda trying to sneak a gun on right. the airplane. Um, then they'll actually give you a no prosecution letter, and you that you can use. You have to make an appointment. You can go back and get your gun from the airport. Um, and and so all Mike Epps needs to do, he needs to he needs to have a lawyer, um, but then he needs to set up this meeting with the prosecutor's office where they hear his story. And if they buy it, 
under their protocols now, they actually won't charge him with a crime. That's changed. Before two years or so ago, they used to charge everybody with the misdemeanor. Right. If anybody has any questions, how can they find you? RelfordLaw.com. Best way to get hold of me. Thanks, guy. Guy, you're the best. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Top stories coming up next.